interest in the following audio recording produced by Chesterton House, a center for Christian studies at Cornell University. Support for Chesterton House comes entirely from listeners like you, and we invite you to help us continue making the recordings of past lectures available at no cost through a donation to the ministry. You can find additional resources and make a donation at www.chestertonhouse.org. This audio recording is copyrighted and unauthorized duplication is prohibited. Give people a moment. They take a while to think. They need a moment. They're developed based on Genesis and the other creation texts in the Bible that use similar language and similar ideas in the religions of Mesopotamia and Egypt. But so this, well, there's some variations that are a little different. This, this is the, mostly in the Bible, but every picture ends up being a little bit different. This idea of the waters around the, yeah, right. So when the flood comes, the floodgates of heaven are opened. For example, that metaphor, right? That's how they thought of it scientifically. We don't have to think of it scientifically that way ourselves, I don't think. We can understand the basic point. No, I'm not. I'm taking a literal. I'm going I'm to stand by that. I think I'm doing a very literal reading of the text. Okay. okay, to say that the author literally means X does not mean that I have to believe X. That's, that's where I put the difference now. But I want to understand what they say before I say that my cosmology is a bit different. I believe in, in a very different cosmology than the one they have. If what, what he's, if what he's saying is the cosmology, because that's not something, he's, of course he's intending to, to convey the cosmology, but that's not the point he's intending to make. Using that idea, which he just assumed, he was making a particular theological point. I think we can make that point with our cosmology, but we cannot just jettison the ancient cosmology. We've got to understand it to be able to transfer the values to our own. I don't believe in inerrancy. Not in the Bible. It's a construct of the 18th century. And I really quite literally think that if you go with inerrancy to the Bible, you will not read the Bible literally. I don't know any inerrantist who reads the Bible literally because they're afraid to do it. Because if it literally means that, I've got to believe that too. Oops, I've got to make it say something that fits my theology. So I think that's problematic. I think what I want is the authority of the Bible is that whatever it intends to claim that we should live by, we've got to live by it. But all the extra stuff that goes with it may or may not be intended for us to live by. We've got to distinguish that. Okay, so we have to ourselves distinguish what 
The church has to. I don't think individuals do that. The church wrestles with those questions. And I don't make those, any of those statements lightly. You got, it's really wrestling. I mean, I know the Bible says, you know, that the people of God have got to go out and kill all the Canaanites and murder them and rip the babies from the bellies and so forth. It says that. Do I have to do that? Yes, according to Paul. But you see, you've got to do a long, complex theological discussion to get why we don't need to do it. That's fine. But you've got to recognize what he first says.